0: Moses? Has he not spoken through us also? And the Lord heard it. Now the man Moses was very meek, more than all people who were on the face of the earth. And suddenly the Lord said to Moses and Aaron and Miriam, come out you three to the tent of meeting. And the three of them came out the lord came down in a pillar of cloud and stood at the entrance of the t- of, te- of the tent and called Aaron and Miriam and they both came forward and he said hear my words if there is a prophet among you i the lord make myself known to him in a vision i speak with him in a dream not so with my servant moses he is faithful in my whole house in my, all my house with him I speak mouth to mouth, and clearly, and not in riddles. And, be, he, and he beholds the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid, of, afraid to speak against my servant Moses? And the anger of the Lord was kindled against them, and he departed. Another place is from Numbers 20. So if you could follow, they'd be great. Numbers 20, 1, 2, 13. And the people of Israel, the whole congregation, came into wilderness of Zin in the first month. And the people stayed in Kadesh, and Miriam died there and was buried there. And now there was no water for the congregation and and they assembled themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. And the people quarreled with Moses and said, Would that we had perished when our brothers perished before the Lord. Why have you brought the assembly of the Lord into the wilderness that we should die here, both we and our cattle? And why have you made us come up out of Egypt to bring us this evil place. It is no place for grain and, or fig or vine or palm grenades, and there is no water to drink. Then Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly to, to the entrance of the tent of meeting and fell on their faces. And the glory of the Lord appeared to them. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Take the staff and the assembly the assembly, the, congreg- ensemble the congregation, you and Aaron your brother, and tell the rock before their eyes to yield its water, so you shall bring water out of the rock for them, and give drink to the congregation and their cattle. And Moses took the staff from be- before the Lord, as he commended him. Then Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock, and he said to them, Hear now, you rebels. Shall we bring water for you out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand and struck the rock with his staff twice. And water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank, and their their livestock. And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not believe in me and uphold me as holy in their in the eyes of the people of Israel. Therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land that I have given them. These are the waters of Meribah where the people of Israel quarrelled with the Lord and through them he showed himself holy. So far. And let us stand and sing Psalm 37:15 and 7. Our text this morning is from Matthew 5, which is the Sermon on the Mount. This is Matthew 5, verse 5, but I'm just going to read from verse 1. Matthew 5. Matthew 5. Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain... And when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. And this is our text this morning. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. After the sermon, we are going to respond by singing Psalm 25, 1 and 4. Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, it is certainly good to stand here and have an opportunity to preach, especially on this special day. And as you know, uh, this is my first time preaching in Elora, and it is also my first time to preach in, on Christmas Day. And speaking of first time, I remember the first time when I just came to Canada, and everything was new and very exciting, and when you come to a new place, you have to embrace many new things, and for me, one of the new things that I had to embrace was the way that people speak. There are certain expressions and words that I had to get used to, and I learned that there are two words that are most frequently and distinctively used in Canada. The first word is A, the E-H. And I learned this word has many meanings, and it took me almost one week to figure out the true meaning of A. The other word which is being used by Canadians frequently is the word sorry. And in Canada, I learned when two people bumped on each other on the street, both people say sorry to each other with no reason. And it took me almost one year to understand the true meaning of this Canadian sorry. But later, one well, of my housemates told me and explained to me that the reason why Canadians so love to say sorry is because Canadians are polite. And it is true that impolite words can escalate tension, whereas polite words prevents tension. Indeed, the Bible also speaks of the importance of gentleness. In Proverbs 15 verse 1, it says, A gentle answer turns away the wrath, but the harsh words stir up anger. Today's passage is also talking about gentleness, meekness. And what is meekness? Meekness can be understood as gentleness, politeness, humbleness. Meekness is like you render good things to other people first. Be meek means you putting other people in priority. You listen to others first. You humbly take care of others before you take care of yourself. And opposite words may be or would be disobedience, impertinent, and pride and let me ask you this question are canadians meek or rebellious and i think you already know the answer and i agree and canadians are meek in fact canadians are so meek and gentle to the point that they tolerate almost everything we see that some canadians are meek on abortion Canada is tolerating a mother killing her unborn baby. And now Canada seems to tolerate a same-sex marriage. And some say that the tolerance is always good. And indeed, its tolerance is good. And it's very necessary. But tolerance is necessary only when it is used in the right place and right time. For instance, you you just don't want to tolerate a person who just killed a man. You don't just tolerate a person who steals your money and lies to you. And this morning, we just read Matthew 5, verse 5, where Jesus is talking about the meekness. And I'm afraid that people often mix this meekness in this passage with a Canadian politeness or a Canadian tolerance. And this morning, I would like to ask you a question. Are these two things really the same? is blessed are the meek means that we should tolerate everything whatsoever. Does this passage mean that we should be gentle to other religions? Does this passage suggest that we should be tolerant to homosexuality? With these questions in our mind, let us look at the following theme and points. The theme is, Jesus said, Meek are blessed because they will inherit the earth. Jesus said the meek are blessed because they will inherit the earth. And first point, we are going to look at how the meek are blessed. And second point, we are going to look at how the meek inherit the earth. So first point, how the meek are blessed. What is meek? I mean, what is the biblical definition of meek? And please allow me to give you the answer right away. Being meek is deeply related to our covenant relationship with God. Being meek has everything to do with being obedient, humble, and listening to God's word. And I already said that being meek is being gentle and humble. But the question is, meek on what? Meek on whom? To whom should we be listening? To whom should we be humble? And the answer is, being meek is to be obedient and humble to God. And please allow me to give you an, give, give you an example from uh, the Bible. In Exodus, we find a story about Moses. In Exodus 2, we, f- we read that Moses killing an Egyptian who was who was giving hard time to a Hebrew slave, one of his people? And Moses looked this way and that way. He saw nobody, and he struck down the Egyptian and hid him in the, uh, under the sand. And as a result, Moses had to flee. He had to flee, and he had to learn how to be a humble man for 40 years by being a shepherd. 40 years. It, not, it certainly is not a short time. It's a lifetime work. But it, in his goodwill, God prepared Moses for 40 years. When Moses struck the Egyptian and fled from Egypt, he was at his prime age. He was 40 years old. He, has, he had the best social status ever. He was a prince of Egypt. He probably could do anything that he wanted to do with his power, and that's what he did. Moses tried to solve the problem by his strength, and he failed. Then God trained him for 40 years with the most humble occupation. And, you know, God called Moses when he was 80 years old. Why did God call at the age of 80? Why not at 40 or 50, even when he was still young? What can an 80 years old shepherd possibly do? And, brothers and sisters, there is a precious biblical lesson behind the story of Moses. God made Moses the meekest man on the earth so that Moses could totally depend on God when he delivered Israelites. And again, what can an 80 years old shepherd possibly do? Nothing but to depend on God. As a result, Israelites could be freed by God's leadership, not by Moses' leadership. Israelites could, be, could glorify God, not Moses. Through Moses, Israelites learned that a precious lesson, that the salvation came from God, not from Moses. Moses listened to God and obeyed to God. If Moses was not meek at all, but rather was arrogant and rebellious, then you can imagine what would happen. The heart of meek is tender and soft, whereas an arrogant man has an hardened heart. Moses listened to God, whereas Pharaoh, the Egyptian king, did not. Brothers, and sisters, you know the result very well. Pharaoh lost his firstborn. Not only Pharaoh did, but everyone in Egypt, every Egyptian suffered as a nation. And on the other hand, Moses and Israelites were blessed by God, not facing those ten plagues. Perhaps it is true in every church, if one member is not humble to God, not only that person has difficulties with others, but also others may have some difficulties with that person. The society that we are living right now demands us not to be meek. The society demands us to be proud. They say, winner takes all. When you bump on someone on the street, you don't have to say sorry. Society says, we don't have to render to others. Who cares about others? Who cares about God's commandment? And they say, who cares about unborn babies? Who cares about God's furious warning against homosexuals. And we, when we render to others, when we care about God's commandment, when we raise our voice and shout against abortion, and people make fun of us. And for us, these things are very crucial because, because this is very important when it comes to our relationship with God. And I heard a phrase that pe- are, people are polite and meek on everything else, but to God. People rather feel comfortable with a hardened heart. They like to be proud. People even love to ignore God's commandment when it feels convenient. And as a result, people embrace all those wrong things such as abortion and homosexuality and same-sex marriage in the name of tolerance. And tolerating those things is not being meek. That is Wrong meekness. The true meekness is to embrace God and listen to God's word. The meekness toward God, and that is how we, we receive our blessings. We humbly surrender to God and we submit everything to God. Now, going back to Moses' story, Moses had a privilege to receive God's law on Mount Sinai. And there, and there are so many striking similarities between Jesus Christ and Moses. In Matthew 5, verse 1, it says, Now when he saw the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. The Gospel of Matthew intentionally draws a special attention to this particular moment. Just like Moses went up to the mountain to receive the law, Jesus Christ, the one who is far greater than Moses, also went up to the mountain. And please notice the phrase, Jesus sat down. The word sat or sitting can also mean dwelling. The sentence, Jesus sat on the mountain, could remind people of Mount Sinai, the holy mountain, because God was sitting or dwelling there. Moses was just mere messenger carrying the law to the people, Whereas Jesus was making new laws, better laws. The law of Moses had promise and curses, and the heaviness of curse made people to fear the Lord. And however, the new law given by Jesus Christ was filled with blessings. And please notice that its beatitude in Matthew 5 begins with the phrase, Blessed are those. It begins with blessings, it's full of blessings. It is full of blessings because Jesus Christ was the one who took all our curses. Still the question, the question remains, who are the meek people? They are the ones who humbly submit to God and listen to God only. There are the ones who put God as a priority. There are the ones who are truly blessed because they don't have to bear a curse. And the meek are the ones in the Bible who enjoys the salvation for free. It was like the Israelites inherited the labor of other nations for free. It is well described in Psalm 105 and verse 44. The Israelites not only inherited land, but also took the things that are in the land, and they did so for free. And Deuteronomy 6.11 describes the promised land as a house full with things that you did not fill, wells that you did not dig, and vineyard that olive trees that you did not plant. The Israelites inherited the land with a humble heart. And the Lord also adds warning there to humble them. He said, when you inherit those things, be careful. That you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Becoming meek requires God's help and discipline. And, brothers and sisters, you remember that Moses was disciplined for 40 years? It was a very long time, it's a very long journey. And we also know that we will go through the training to acquire the meekness. And it is not going to be easy because of our stubborn old nature. We like to rebel against God and we like to incline to evil all the time. But in the same time we do really desire to meekness in our heart. And same time our body keeps resisting our holy desires. And we want to be meek to God and meek to our neighbours. We always fail. Brothers and sisters, I would like to say, please do not be discouraged because we have Jesus Christ. Please remember that Jesus also went out to the wilderness for 40 days to be tempted. And then he did overcome the difficulties. Jesus knows very well of your challenges that you're facing right now. So ask Jesus for help. Then he will grant you the help. He will help you to receive the blessings. He will help you to inherit the land. And this leads to the second point how the meek inherit the land. We also read Numbers 12. And number 12, verse 3 teaches us that Moses was the meekest person on the earth. And after Israelites escaped from the land of of slavery, the Israelites were heading to the promised land. And it was land that was promised to their forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And this land was not just a piece of land, but the land that flows with milk and honey. The land was called the promised land because it itself was the blessing of the covenant. In Hebrews 11, Hebrews 11 explains how they were looking forward to the promised land, the patriarch. The land was given to Abraham, and it, was, it says in Hebrews 11:8 that a place he would later receive as his inheritance, it calls the promised land. Hebrews 11, verse 9, it says, Although God gave them the land for free, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob lived not a permanent house or castle, but in a tent. I can only think about these days, only the Mongolians, I believe, live like that because they have to move constantly. And the, the author of Hebrews gives the reason why the Patriarchs did that. They lived in a tent that because they were looking forward to the city with the foundation, whose architect and builder was God. What does this mean? It means that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob lived in a tent because they were looking forward to God's city. And this city is the city that God prepared a better country, a heavenly one. In other words, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, those patriarchs, were looking forward to the city in heaven. And they only could inherit the eternal land through their faith and obedience. Here our text in Matthew 5 says the meek will inherit the land. We just covered that the meek, the meek is the one who listens and obeys to God's word and with humbleness and gentleness. In Numbers 12, verse 3, the meekest person on the earth was Moses. It is true that Moses was the meekest person because the Bible says so. But the question is if a meek shall inherit the land according to Matthew 5, verse 5, why did Moses fail to get into the promised land? He was the meekest of all. And we read in Deuteronomy 34, we read in Deuteronomy 34, 5, 6, that Moses died in the land of Moab. But why did he die there? We find the answer in Numbers 12, uh, 20, verse 12. In Numbers 20, there is a the story of Moses striking the rock. We just read that. And the Israelites had no water at, at the time in the desert and complained to Moses. And God told Moses to speak to the rock for the community that it will pour out the water. But Moses disobeyed. Moses was upset with the complaints of Israelites and struck the rock twice with his staff. The water came out. Everybody was happy. But God was not happy because because of his disobedience, which dishonored God's name. And some people might think that God is being too harsh there. Oh, come on, it's just one mistake. Yet the consequence was Very heavy. Yet, there is a very, very important lesson that we should not miss. When you think about Moses, we think about the law because Moses was the one who received the law. Moses was the representation of the law. And even Moses, even the one who received the law, even the one who was the meekest person on the earth, failed to obey God's word. And then how much harder would be for us to keep the law? The truth is, it's impossible. It's impossible to keep the law. The Bible gives us a very clear, clear lesson here. The Israelites could not get into promised land through Moses. The Israelites could not enter into the promised land by keeping the law. Moses could, Moses could show the way to the promised land, but he could not make the people to enter into the promised land automatically. In fact, Moses himself failed to enter. And it is the same with the law of Moses. The law can point its way to the salvation, but the law cannot save us. The law points its finger to Jesus Christ, the only way to the salvation. And we remember Jesus said in John 14, 6, that I am the way. And that is why he came to us 2,000 years ago. Psalm thirty seven ten says, The meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in abundant peace. Psalm 37 talks about how the Lord reacts against the wicked and preserved his righteous. The Lord sweeps away the wicked so that his people can inherit the earth. The people didn't have to do anything. They can boast themselves. But they had to humble. They had to be humble and totally dependent on God. Therefore, it is not so much that they inherit the land by virtue of their meekness, but their inheritance is won by God. Although Moses was the meekest person on the earth, it was not his meekness that brought him the inheritance. And besides, the meekest person on the earth failed to enter into the promised land. If Moses, the meekest person on the earth, failed, then who is the true humble man that can make us enter into the promised land? In order to find that out, we, have to, we need to go back to the Gospel of Matthew. Here the word meek was used in this passage. There are two other places that this word was used. One, one is found that in Matthew 11:29, and the other one is found in 21, verse 5, and we are going to go over those. In Matthew 11, 29, this is a famous passage. Jesus said, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And our English translation used the word gentle. The original word of of this gentle is the same word that was used in Matthew 5, verse 5, meek. The conclusion is this. Jesus is calling himself meek. Jesus is the only true, humble man. Jesus is the only one who deserves the inheritance, the promised land, and heaven. Jesus was like Moses in a sense that he went up to the mountain and gave the new law. But Jesus was a far greater Moses who entered into the heaven before anyone else did, whereas Moses couldn't even put his foot on the promised land. And brothers and sisters, then how can you inherit the earth? No man on the earth can inherit the earth by his strength, but we can inherit the heaven through Jesus Christ. In fact, that is the only way to inherit the heaven. Then what shall we do? How do we inherit the heaven through Jesus Christ? Jesus said, take my yoke upon you. This means that union with Christ. How do we unite with Christ? We unite with Christ by faith. We can unite with Christ when we believe and obey to God. We confess that we are not able to do anything, but totally depend on Jesus Christ. Again, meekness. The true meekness for us is to depend on the true meekness of Jesus Christ. And I said uh, there are three places, two other places in Matthew that the word meek was used. The last place is from Matthew 21 verse 5. Matthew 21 describes Jesus as a humble king riding on, riding on, a, on a donkey. Why was he not riding on a horse or a chariot or BMW or Mercedes? Uh, because Jesus was humble. Jesus began his ministry with humbleness and ended his ministry with humbleness. And Philippians 2, verse 6, talks about the humbleness that we ought to learn from Christ. Let me just read to you again. And Jesus, who, though he was of the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the form of servant, being born in the likeness of man, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. With a humble heart, Jesus Christ obeyed to God and to the death. And, and that is why he came to this earth. If we unite with the Christ, we share the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit with the Christ. With the Holy Spirit, we slowly become humble, which leads us to the obedience. We become humble to God. We take God as a priority. We take God as a first among other things. We read Bible first among other books. Some of us may be very busy with many things, but among those busy events, going to the church becomes the first among all the events. The true meek and humble people are the ones who willingly obey to God. And God commanded us to come to church and to be holy. God wishes to see you coming here and listen to his word every Sunday. And someday, God will grant us with an eternal house for free in heaven. A few months ago, I had to move and look for another place for living because the house that I used to live was sold. And moving house is a troublesome, as you know. And it is certainly good to have a fixed place that, that you can stay with no worries. But when you go to heaven, there's no frustration for looking for a new house because there's a permanent house waiting for you prepared by Jesus Christ. And the Bible said, only the humble and make who trust God will inherit the heaven through Jesus Christ, the permanent place. And as we wish to live like Christ did, we realized that we sinners cannot, can never be perfect, and can never be perfectly obedient and humble. Only Jesus, who is the true big man, can make us humble. And today, Christmas Day, we are once more reminded of Christ's meekness. When you think about His life, His humiliation, He came down earth so that He, may, he, he, he we may inherit the heaven through Jesus Christ the meekness. And let us reflect this precious message while living. We are living in, as aliens on the earth. Amen.